0: Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
1: And it's a Thursday in Ordinary Time, January 11, 2024. Great to be with you on a Thursday morning and every day here at EWTN. I feel like I was joking with my producer, Andrew, before we. Hit the air this morning. We should be playing the song. It's a marshmallow world in the winter. Woke up in southeastern Michigan, and don't you feel like sometimes when it snows and it's a little bit wet, that the Lord turned the world upside upside down and you know, plunked it in marshmallow cream? Because that's what it looks like when the snow sticks so beautifully on the trees. Anyhow, I digress, but there's this winter storm that's affecting many areas, including the Midwest. We here in Michigan could get anywhere from 2 to 8 inches, depending on where we're located in the Great Lakes State. And then other parts of the country also going to get clobbered. We'll have the full forecast as well as some stories weather-wise coming up in the news. But first, let me tell you about our fab rundown for today, as we say in the biz. After the news, the one the only Father Mitch Pacwa with our cultural connections will be joining us. We're going to have him weigh in on some of the news out of the Vatican and just get his perspective because he has so much insight and wisdom. And we've been hearing from great resources this week, including our very own Dr. Matthew Bunsen and Joan Lewis. And let's hear what a priest has to say about it. Not just any priest, but a very prominent, intelligent priest who also happens to be in addition to one of our most popular EWTN radio and TV hosts, but also a scripture scholar and theologian in his own right. So we'll talk to Father Mitch. And then if we have time, Hopefully, I don't know, because there's a lot to discuss, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but now all these stories are popping up, and maybe I'll dive into this tomorrow in our Fact Check Friday. I don't know there's so many things I could discuss in terms of the media, but interestingly enough, the media that love Pope Francis are now all over his case because he called for a ban on surrogacy. Instead of taking a breath and saying, hmm... Maybe we should look up what the church says about this. It's an all-out assault saying that he's harming people, he's harming couples, this is wrong. So there's a number of stories out there. So if we have time for that, hopefully we'll get to it. If not, we'll save that for another day. And then after the wonderful Father Mitch goes back to work down in Irondale, we're going to be joined by two alums from St. Mary's College. If you remember, just recently, before the end of the year, there was a big story about this Catholic college saying, oh, we are going to open our doors to anyone who identifies as a woman. So a male student coming in, but if he calls himself a woman, that's fine. A transgender student, this is all about, you know, diversity and equality. This is a Catholic women's college. And so, thanks be to God, there was a lot of pushback. And guess what? The school rescinded. So we're going to be talking to two alums about this and how important it is not to give up And to remember that we can and should respectfully, always with love, express our concerns. And sometimes, not always, it doesn't matter. The victory is up to God. Success doesn't matter. We still have to do what we're called to do. But sometimes we do see that success in the victories, as is the case with St. Mary's College, who says, now it needs to go back to its roots and get a deeper understanding of what it means to be a Catholic college for women. There's a concept. Sorry but my sarcasm. Can't help it. So that's our show for today. Let's take a look at the weather. A winter storm, as we mentioned, emerging into the plains today, producing heavy snow, strong winds, and some frigid temperatures. Now this is happening all the way from the central plains to the Great Lakes and it will happen into tomorrow. A very cold air mass will move into the Rockies and northwest. Temperatures are forecast, by the way. And this is exactly what's happening in Michigan. Andrew and I were laughing because it's been pretty warm for us in Michigan we're going from like 40 degrees right now for our high today down to like the teens, and that doesn't even include the wind chill over the weekend, and we're not the only ones, as I mentioned. So again, temperatures are forecast to be 20 to more than 40 degrees below normal from the northwest into the plains by tomorrow, and then the flooding concerns continue in the northeast. Four minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Let's check the news and see what's happening on a Thursday well for more information on this very important story check out catholicnewsagency.com the biden administration announcing a new rule change this week that experts say are threatening the rights of religious doctors and health care providers who refuse to perform abortions and transgender surgeries roger severino the vice president of domestic policy of the heritage foundation he's the former director of the department of health and human services told CNA, the Biden administration's rule change constitutes a full-scale threat from conscience enforcement by the Office of Civil Rights in the name of answering to the desires of the abortion lobby. The new rule, titled Safeguarding the Rights of Conscience as Protected by Federal Statutes, is scheduled to take effect in March. In a press release earlier this week announcing the new rule, the HHS said the changes would increase access to care and prevent what they call discrimination. And the rule, by the way, formally rescinding certain provisions laid out under the HHS four years ago or five years ago when Severino was serving under the Trump administration. The 2019 rule guaranteed doctors and medical practitioners the ability to refuse to perform abortions for conscience reasons. But due to several federal court rulings, that rule under Trump never took effect. However, laws protecting conscience rights continue to remain on the books. The Ohio State House voting to override their governor's veto on a bill banning children's transgender surgeries. The House voting to overturn Divine's veto in a strictly party-line 65-28 to 28 vote. Next, the bill will be sent to the Ohio Senate, which also plans to vote on it January 24th. Republicans do hold a 26-7 supermajority over Dems in the Ohio Senate. The bill, titled the Saving Adolescents from Experimentation Safe Act, would ban gender reassignment surgeries and hormonal treatments on children, as well as enact the Save Women's Sports Act, keeping individuals born as males from competing in women's sports. And the bishops of Ecuador are publishing a statement titled, Violence Will Not Prevail. Lisa Zangarini reports in the Vatican that this follows recent disturbances occurring in the country, including the takeover of a TV station in the midst of an emergency that began on January 8th
2: the ecuadorian bishops called on citizens not to fall into panic and be conditioned by social media while reminding them that the fight against gangs is not only the concern of the government but of every citizen while firmly rejecting violence from whatever side it may come the episcopal conference stated that in the current exceptional circumstances ecuadorians must stay united with an eye towards the future and with the strength necessary to make Ecuador what it has always been, a place of peace, work and fraternity. The statement further remarked that any illegal activity at any level of society and state must be considered a betrayal of the homeland, of the most sacred values of the Ecuadorian identity, and of God, who they said will be the judge of our lives. According to the Ecuadorian bishops, it is therefore imperative to recover the values of fraternity and peace.
1: More than a dozen protesters behind bars, accused of obstructing traffic outside Love Field Airport earlier this week, Dallas police responding Monday around 6:20 p.m. local time to find a group of pro-Palestinian protesters blocking the road. Officers giving the group three warnings to clear the street, but they refused. Police arresting 13 people on charges of obstructing a highway. Air Force One arrived at Love Field shortly after 7 p.m. The president was in town to pay respects to the late former congresswoman, Eddie Bernice Johnson. Brad Siegel tells us anti-Semitism is skyrocketing in the U.S. since the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel.
0: That's according to the Anti-Defamation League, which tracked more than 3,200 anti-Semitic incidents since the attack up until January 7th. Over 1,300 incidents are described as rallies that involve anti-Semitic or anti-Zionist rhetoric. Another 553 incidents involved vandalism and 60 were physical assaults. More than 600 situations involved Jewish institutions like synagogues and community centers.
1: Sheriff's officials in Northern California confirming a tragedy after a deadly avalanche yesterday morning at a Tahoe-area ski resort.
3: One male has passed away as a result of the avalanche. There was also another individual that uh, sustained minor non-life-threatening injuries.
1: The victim has not yet been named, Sergeant David Smith of the local sheriff's office, as they responded to an avalanche at Palisades Tahoe around 9.30 yesterday local time in the morning. The Tahoe staff were already performing a full search and responders arrived. Two other people were caught in the slide but were not hurt. Heavy snow and widespread gusty winds, as Mark Mayfield tells us, and as we mentioned in the weather forecast a few minutes ago, on tap as a strong winter storm continues its cross-country path.
0: It's predicted to make its way across the Midwest, South and East from Thursday night into Saturday. Snow will likely fall heavily in areas like Chicago, Detroit, and Kansas City, with some areas seeing as much as one to two feet. The extreme weather is being blamed for at least four deaths across the southeast.
1: Alaska Airlines facing new troubles following a scary incident in which a panel blew out of a plane during a packed flight last week. And Alaska Airlines from Everett, Washington to Honolulu was redirected to Portland on Tuesday. Due to an issue with its radios, The plane was over the Pacific Ocean when it returned to Portland, the FAA has grounded the planes, both planes, until they're determined to be safe. And Phil Hewlett tells us Joe Biden's son, Hunter, set to be arraigned today in downtown Los Angeles on nine federal tax charges.
0: The younger Biden is accused of failing to pay nearly one and a half million dollars in taxes from 2016 to 2020. Among the charges are six misdemeanors and three felonies, including tax evasion and filing a false tax return.
1: The southern border crisis continuing to be a very hot topic heading into the GOP primary coming up in Monday in Iowa. In a debate hosted by CNN in Des Moines, Iowa, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he would build a wall and then have Mexico pay for it. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said she would defund sanctuary cities and implement the Remain in Mexico policy. Chris Christie, meanwhile, dropping out of the 2024 presidential race.
0: And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path. For me to win the nomination, which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for president of the United States.
1: He made the announcement at an event in New Hampshire. The former New Jersey governor failed to gain any traction in the GOP polls. Former President Donald Trump is staying quiet for now on his choice for a vice
0: president. Well, I can't tell you that really. I mean, I know who it's going to be. But give us a hint. I'll give you. We'll do another show sometime.
1: During a Fox News town hall event last night, Trump said he knows who he wants to be VP when asked who the running mate would be. Again, as you heard, he said he can't say that right now, but did say he was open to it being someone competing against him for the GOP nomination. Politicians, meanwhile, seeing a rise in swatting incidents. That's when someone calls the police and creates a false, dangerous report that results in heavily armed law enforcement arriving at the person's home.
0: It is a surprise when it happens to you. It's very personal. It's very violating.
1: That was New York GOP Representative Brandon Williams, who is was one of the seven prominent politicians to report swatting incidents just over the holiday break. And the sheriff investigating Brandon Williams' case emphasized the danger of swatting.
0: People that are doing this are trying to create chaos.
4: They're trying to intimidate the individuals who are the, the subject of these false reports. It's
0: very unfortunate.
1: Swatting, by the way, is a felony and could result in years behind bars. Brian Shook tells us ESPN reporting Alabama Crimson Tide football head coach Nick Saban is retiring.
2: Saban won seven national championships, the most in college football history. Six came at Alabama, along with one at Louisiana State University. He also had head coaching stops at Toledo, Michigan State, and in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins.
1: And the Napa Valley winery jumping onto the AI bandwagon in a big way with a robot sommelier, the fifty thousand dollar Rabino Vino has been working at Maria Concetto's winery since November. The owner says there's been a thirty percent increase in foot traffic since the robot's arrival. She's even thinking of buying an AI speaking upgrade so the robot can help out with food pairings at events. Many detractors say though there's no way a robot can replace a human's expertise. And it's just, hopefully they say, a passing fad. Meanwhile, AI-generated disinformation and misinformation pose the biggest immediate threat to the global economy. In London, Simon Gaetan says that's according to a new report looking at the short- and long-term risks being faced.
2: The World Economic Forum's annual risk report, released on Wednesday, warns of the widespread use of new technology by malicious actors to undermine electoral processes and the legitimacy of newly elected governments. The report also looks at longer term risks over a 10 year period, which are dominated by environmental threats, including extreme weather events, ecosystem collapse and natural resource shortages.
1: It is a Thursday morning, 14 minutes past the hour. Up next, Father Mitch Paco with our cultural connection. Stay tuned.
2: Fall
0: sports are in full swing, and the crisp fall air is a true blessing. Hi, I'm Dan Hall from Pinckney Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, and we're very excited about our new Jeep celebration event going on now. You can lease a new Jeep Renegade or the all-new Jeep Compass for as low as $149 per month. Or the Ram Crew Cab 4x4 Pickup and the all-new Chrysler Pacifica, the award-winning minivan for only $249 per month. Experience the difference with professional treatment and the absolute lowest payments in Michigan. Only at PinckneyChrysler.JeepRam or visit us online at PinckneyChrysler.com.
5: How best to express ourselves to God. Our prayer takes flesh, says the Catholic Catechism, when we use mental or vocal words to talk to God who speaks to us through His Word. Our heart must be involved in prayer. We must be present to him whom we are addressing. Whether or not our prayer is heard depends not on the number of our words, says St. John Chrysostom, as the fervor of our souls. Vocal prayer is essential to the Christian life. Jesus taught the perfect vocal prayer, the Our Father, to his disciples. He prayed aloud the liturgical prayers in the synagogue. He also prayed aloud personally, exultantly praising the Father as well as expressing his agony in Gethsemane. Vocal prayer fits the needs of our human nature. We are body and spirit, and this need corresponds to a divine requirement. God seeks worshipers in truth and spirit. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
0: Resetting your password. Unsubscribing from emails. Printing anything. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with an auto owner's insurance independent agent, Getting the right coverage for your business doesn't have to be one of them. So you can get back to more important things, like learning how that printer works. That's simple human sense. Call Choice Insurance Agency at 734-641-4200.
1: so much for tuning in to EWTN, this program, Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Find us both online, avemariaradio.net and ewtn.com. And so grateful for the many excellent resources we have here, including the wonderful, wonderful Father Mitch Pacwa. So, Father, I just wanted to get your perspective on this, on how we as Catholics should, and we had Dr. Bunsen on yesterday and, and Joan Lewis also, And the story that continues to develop out of Rome, although it's somewhat died down outside of Catholic circles now, where the the head of the DDF, the uh, same um, cardinal who wrote the blessings document and is considered a gross writer for the Pope, it's been revealed now that there was another book. We first heard about The Art of Kissing that came out in the 90s. That book was followed up by this other one, Mystical Passion, I think is the actual translation of the title and some very, very suggestive, even pornographic segments in that book. I've seen some of the quotes, and I refused to read the rest of it because I just felt it was so, so um, degrading overall. But we hear these things, and we realize this is a, the gatekeeper, the number two person at the Vatican, and it's very alarming, even though Cardinal Fernandez, in an interview he did with Crux, is saying, well, I would never write that now. And I you know, called for the book to be canceled. I didn't want it distributed. But the question remains, my question would be, to ask him, well, what do you think about all those things you said in that book now, even though he claims that he canceled it because he knew it could be misinterpreted, but it seems like he's doing a big backstroke here, but it's still very, very concerning for us. Good morning. Thanks for joining us.
4: Yeah. Uh, good morning. It's good to be here with you, too, as always. Um, you know, yeah, this uh, is looking more and more as if um uh, yeah i would say that he is not the best option and for this job i'm trying to be as uh, as charitable as i can mm-hmm. um because he's causing a type of confusion that is not a sign of the holy spirit You know, one of the points that St. Paul makes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14 is that God is a God of order, Mm
3: -hmm. not
4: of confusion. That's a very important principle. And uh, I suspect in some way, uh, for those of us who who remember the 60s, uh, there was a mentality that showed up quite often, that we just need to shake things up a bit. And that, you know, by shaking everything up, we will, you know, get people thinking. And that's all we need to do is get them to start thinking. Well, thinking what? Mm -hmm. See, that was one of the problems for a lot of these folks they wanted thinking without clear content being so um, important to them um, that that became very foolish well what when I hear some of the things that he has written, it just reminds me of the uh ideology of those days um Reminds me how uh, this was, uh, you know, uh, a kind of triumphalism of the present moment that these things uh, we just need to shake the church up and get it to to try new things and new th- and it's, it's tiresome. Mm-hmm. It really is tiresome at this point in history when we can see that the result of such shaking up has caused not merely confusion, but it has caused chaos throughout society. Mm -hmm. We need to be remembered, or we we need to remember that Catholic teaching, authentic Catholic teaching on uh, issues like marriage. And sexuality, and you know, chastity, and uh, purity, and modesty, are lost in our culture. They're not there, right. and no matter how he tries to say, whoops, I wouldn't do this uh, uh, anymore," or anything like that, you
3: still
4: mm-hmm. end up with. You know, having this material out there in a way that seems to promote what is in a, what I, I've been calling for years, a sexually gluttonous society. Mm-hmm. You don't nurture gluttony. And we live in a... Well, the Pope sex- just talked
1: about gluttony in, in relationship to food yesterday. This, this Wednesday audience, as a matter of fact, you bring up gluttony, Right.
4: <laughs> yeah well, it's it's not only in uh
3: food, right the,
4: the, all the appetites
3: mm-hmm. can
4: have this kind of uh gluttonous quality to it, And I'm afraid that that really applies to modern ideas of sexuality. Uh, people uh you know, the pornography industry would be an example of sexual gluttony. Um, that you just are uh, trying to create this um, uh, ap- set of appetites for people to make a lot of money in this realm, and the church of all places has to be uh, a location where such is not a- acceptable we you know we have. Another message: the message of the Sermon on the Mount. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, mm-hmm. that you don't even look at other people with lust. Right. That would be um, one of the things I would uh, recommend that the, the good cardinal, um, you know, pay close attention to, and understand that you know your oops kind of moment is not a good look this is not good for you or the people around you um i i, I just don't know exactly what he is thinking in all, in this regard but um it, it's just not uh something that is serving the church and you know uh Again, I'm not in charge of choosing who who has what position, but this doesn't look very good to me. Oh,
1: well, and we're talking with Father Mitch Pacwa as we do every Thursday on our Cultural Connections. Before we take a break, and we could pick uh, this up on the other side of the break, Father. But there are even some in the Catholic world that are saying, "Oh, you know, this is no big deal. This is just his version of the theology of the body." <laughs>
4: Uh, yeah no uh, again the there is uh the, the theology of the body has been very important and it's, and there's been a really wonderful um you know development in uh, understanding aspects of Catholic morality in regard to the theology of the body. this isn't it uh, <laughs> and I think that um his eminence just needs to have an appreciation, in my mind, of, you know, this is not the way that you uh, go about helping the modern world. It's an experiment. Gone
1: awry. Yeah, and, and and she should have realized that before he he took over as the uh, the second person in charge of Gatekeeper of the Vatican. Or those choosing him should have looked at that as well. More with Father Mitch Pacwa when we return. What can we do? How do we respond as Catholics? That's our next questions. Welcome back. We have our cultural connection segment with our very own Father Mitch Pacwa, who's an amazing scripture scholar, teacher, host here at ew 10, well-noted author and speaker around the world, pilgrimage leader. But so, Father, I think we always want to understand what we can do. What is God calling us to do to lift up our church? And, and I was saying in the emails to you and, and uh, our mutual friend, Gail, when she was setting up the interview for us, that... There are some people that have been so upset by all of this and and the blessings thing that came out, that situation that came out in the document that he wrote, uh, and even though he did a follow-up to it, which I think made matters worse, but anyway, it's for another time. We'll talk about that. But people are very frustrated to the point where some converts I've seen comment saying, what in the world did I come into the Catholic Church for? Maybe I should leave. Maybe I should just go back and have a me and Jesus type of a faith I I think these are just emotions welling up because this is just very, very frustrating and scary for people. So what should our response be? And I'm asking the same question of you that I asked of Dr. Bunsen yesterday. But from your perspective as a holy priest, what should we be doing about this and just the overall general state of things in the church right now?
4: um, One would be um, we... Certainly, can uh, you know? I, I think to pay attention to this fact, the, the this whole deal on being synodal, you know, that they want to have a representative kind of approach and get the people's um, uh, you know input. They are planning. The Vatican is planning on a synodal series of conversations in the United States. And what I would recommend is that we use that to say, all right, how can we help to get uh, that conversation going further? Uh, We want to register some of our concerns here. Mm -hmm. And this uh, they're supposed to be coming around, To uh, various uh, dioceses and get this conversation going. Good, let's get that going. Let's have a conversation with the the folks that you know say they want the smell of the sheep. They you know they they want pastors to understand. Well, the sheep have uh, this this smell in them. We are concerned about what you are are, you know the 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 actions of this particular cardinal and we very much want this to be um a, a discussion that we get to have with all of you and take us seriously you know we are concerned about uh making sure that Catholic morality
3: mm-hmm. is,
4: in fact, the norm that the Sermon on the Mounts teaching in regard to um, you know, uh, modesty and you know, looks is not clearly coming you know uh, it's not a clarion call that you can say, "Yeah, the trumpet blew the, the, the sound, and we are ready to follow uh we don't We don't have that sense, so what are you going to do to help us acquire that sense of uh being you know very um, you know,
3: uh,
4: you know our, our concern for the um the the way of looking at our Catholic morality is not going to be. You know, hovering on the edge <laughs> me. of the mm-hmm. pornographic. That that that's and see, you could, it's even difficult to talk about some right. of this stuff because right. you you know you can I usually don't find myself so hesitant, but you know I, I I'm baffled, and that is the situation that is not good. Other people in the church are baffled, and. We want the clear teaching of the Church. That's what we're looking for. And we don't get that sense. We don't feel confident Mm -hmm. that that is coming our way. That would be the sense that I would have.
1: Well, if they're truly listening sessions, as they're claiming they are going to be, then they need to listen to more than just those who want to change the teachings in the church, whether it be having you know, women People. deacons or women priests. So there's, they're supposed to be listening to everybody that, that is participating.
4: And this is one of the things that, you know, uh, you know we don't live in a democratic republic right. in the church. Right. That's mm-hmm. the United States government, right. and I love it. I love it. You can write to your representatives and senators, et cetera, uh, and you can even complain to the White House. They have a, a line for that. Um, you know, so that's that's one. That's the political realm. Here, we are trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is teaching us consistent moral teaching that good order that is the mark of God's presence and that that good order that keeps us consistent with the Sermon on the Mount Mm -hmm. in regard to things like uh, modesty and chastity uh, that belongs to every Christian and that should characterize us, the, the churches that have gone along with the culture have, are, are dying out dying
1: out they're dying out they and are this is
4: destroying the
1: Pope themselves. even said that when he was talking about when he was exactly. asking about women priests and women deacons he said and this is around the time of the synod last year, right. well, what good has it done in other churches we have to We have to look at the bigger picture, and then here we have still so many people pushing for all sorts of things, but we have our place and, at the synod as well, and we need to use that because exactly. Right. And, and that's I, I think
4: what I yeah. would say for going to your dioceses
3: mm-hmm.
4: that those who say we want the teaching of Christ made more clear, we do not want Confusion. to compromise with our mm-hmm. culture as it is going through a period of decline right. in regard to family and all the other areas, knowledge. I mean, I just saw again you know the, the the schools are down uh in in reading math etc. I it, it there's a decline taking place and it's going to be a ca- clear catholic morality that upholds the truth of Christ's teaching and not compromise with uh, with the, the world's approach this is something you know a, a theologian can have a seminar where you argue different sides of the issue, you talk about it, but when it comes to being the official church teaching, you have to recognize that theologians are like football players or baseball players they 're going to be hitting outs uh, if they 're in baseball they 're going to be hitting strikes or you know hitting strikes and missing they 'll be hitting foul balls they 'll get you know home runs all this. But it is not up to the theologians to be the umpires,
3: right. Who
4: uh, and we put a theologian as an umpire who still wants to play the game. Umpires can't play the game. They have to judge according to the rules. And this is what the role of the Magisterium is, to judge what theologians' opinions might be on the basis of the, the teachings of Christ.
1: Amen, Father. Well spoken. Thank you so much for your insight and your wisdom every week. Cultural connections with Father Mitch Pacwa. We'll be right back. Welcome back at the connection. Thirty-nine minutes past the hour. I think Father Mitch did a great job of understanding when it comes to the Vatican, when it comes to the Church. There are particular ways where we can express our concerns. He mentioned in the synodal way, where now they're calling for these listening meetings, and it's very different than, again, what we have here in the United States in terms of our structure as a democratic republic and the way systems are set up, where there's much more of a direct feedback or pushback that we can have with various institutions and government leaders and the government itself. For example, if you're in Rome, even if you get all these people to sign a petition, to whom is it going to go? There's no office at the Santa Marta or the Vatican that says, oh, let's take the petitions and let's test, you know, check the pulse of the U.S. or wherever and see how people feel. It is the kingdom of God, so it's different. Now, there are ways here in the United States, obviously, that we can, as Father said, stand up for the kingdom of God with these individual institutions because we're in a different setting here in the U.S., and that's why I'm so proud of these two young ladies and it's interesting because many alums pushed back, as we mentioned earlier in the show, but also students right there at St. Mary's College pushed back against a decision that was eventually rescinded. We have Claire Batag and Marcy Gannell on with us, and they were really on the front lines of this. Ladies, good morning. Claire, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. And we have Macy. Macy, thanks for joining us as well.
6: Yes, good morning. Thank you.
1: All right, so, Macy, take us back to when when this story broke. Kind of give our audience a background if they're not familiar with it, if you would.
6: Yes, yeah, so at St. Mary's College, um, I was actually working in the admissions office. I'm a student ambassador, so I give tours and all that. And I overheard from my boss in the room right next to me while I was working at the front desk that they had a new policy that was implemented in June. And, by the way, this is November. Um, so we have them on record saying that they've been hiding it since June, but this is a policy that would allow transgender women into our women's Catholic institution. So again, this was implemented in June and it didn't even surface until November. So it was quite a frightening thing to hear. And of course, I immediately went to Claire and you know, we went to all of our friends and you know, a couple, a couple months later, here we are. Um, amazing, large group of support. Um, it's been a really crazy adventure, but I mean, it's, it's been. It's been pretty heartwarming to see that at least we have so many amazing people ready to stand up and fight that policy.
1: So, Claire, give me your take on and and inform our audience, St. Mary's College in Indiana. What was it like prior to this decision that was made and then eventually rescinded because of the pushback? What was the climate there right, in terms of the upholding of Catholic teaching?
7: Yeah, I mean, this wasn't really something that surprised Macy or myself or honestly anybody because in the past they've had a strong, strong history of honestly upholding liberal ideology, and this goes for not only administration but the professors on campus. So when we found out about this policy, I can't say that any of us were shocked or surprised um, because they've they've really always had these um, left-leaning policies.
1: It's so Claire, I'll go back to you, and then Macy, feel free to jump in. How do you how did you go about getting the response in terms of organizing the pushback, and and so then with, given the state of affairs prior to the decision they made. You Obviously, you said you weren't surprised. were you surprised that they rescinded it?
7: Yeah, I um, – well, actually, it goes back to last year. I tried starting a conservative uh, club on campus um, as a Turning Point USA chapter just because we didn't really have any conservative Catholic recognition. Um, so that was, you know, how we kind of got together, a big group of girls who were not upset – I mean, who were very upset about this policy – Um, and so after we, you know, informed everybody, nobody was happy, of course. Um, and that's kind of how we started the pushback and it it kind of blew up from there. They even started a Facebook group full of people who were really concerned about this policy And, and that Facebook group even has like about 800 members at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that I'm shocked that they reversed this policy I think that if they didn't have the amount of pressure coming from current students, alumni, and from um, the bishop himself, they would not have reversed the policies. Um, of course, I'm grateful that they did, but I
1: can't say I'm surprised. Mm. Macy, your thoughts?
6: Yeah, so, I mean, I was definitely surprised to see how soon they reversed it because as soon as it surfaced in November, it really only lasted about a month. Um, but, I mean, that's all because of all the efforts of current students, um, all of our alumni, even thousands of just friends and supporters across the nation. I mean, this is what happens when these institutions, you know, implement these woke policies. I mean, as they say these days, go woke, go broke, and that's what happened. They lost so much donor money. They have lost enrollment. They've lost future enrollment. Um, and most importantly, they lost the support of, you know, in essence, thousands across the nation. So, again, I'm surprised it happened that fast, but, of course, I'm glad it did, and it's because of all the efforts of so many amazing people.
1: Well, Macy, I'll go back to you. What kind of lessons have you learned from this in terms of of the people speaking up, you know, and and expressing their concerns, pulling money? What did you learn from this experience?
6: Yeah, so I really hope that this story can be an inspiration to people all over the nation because I've learned that, I mean, really no matter who you are, if you speak up and if you're passionate enough about your stance, then you can really get pretty far because in essence, I mean, Claire and I are kind of nobodies. You know, we're just these current you know, 20 year old girls against this college administration. Um, but with our outreach, with our efforts, and with the amazing support and efforts of all these people, we were able to, you know, it's, it's kind of a David and Goliath versus, you know, kind right. of story where we were able to stand up against this, you know, so called large administration. So I think that people all across the nation need to see this as an inspiration. I hope that everyone everywhere can understand that it really is possible to stand up for what you believe in, and I think it is possible to uh, restore sanity in our nation.
1: Claire, what do you think? Would you, um, do you follow up with Macy in terms of uh, agreeing there?
6: Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with,
7: you know, going along with what Macy said. I think it's really important not to be afraid of cancel culture. I think that a lot of students our age are now just so terrified to speak up against these woke agenda and woke policies because they feel that they are sitting in the minorities. But from this experience, we realized that we really are the majority, and the majority of us are, you know, students who are terrified of these woke policies. And I think that standing up against this cancel culture um, is really not a hard thing to do. You just got to get yourself out there and, you know, trust that you have that support and you have other students that will back you up.
1: We're talking with Claire Bateg and Macy Canal students at St. Mary's College in northern Indiana. The bishop was very significant in this as well putting out very strong statements. Now what people need to understand is even if there is a a school, a college, or a university, or a school, a high school, grade school, in a particular diocese, they may not necessarily be run by the diocese. So the bishops certainly can and have influence, as did Bishop Rhodes, but oftentimes there's not little they can do legally about it because of the way it's set up, but it's important to get the influence out there, as a good bishop did. Mm-hmm. So what I think is, is so interesting and eye-opening, uh, and Macy, you said this, they kept this under wraps. If this was such a great thing and they really believed in, because a statement that the board put out, moreover, we clearly underestimated our community's general, genuine desire to be engaged in the process of shaping a policy of such significance. Why did you underestimate it? I mean, no, you just didn't care. this is like this is all semantics here. But very, that, that statement alone says a lot, don't you think, Macy? I'll go to you first.
6: Yeah, I mean that statement especially, It's pretty disgusting to see how much they really don't care right. about anyone besides themselves. I mean, this is, I mean, I've been telling people it's a pretty authoritarian regime kind of leadership at our college right now. I mean, they should be including students. They should be including the thousands of alumni. I mean, St. Mary's College is very special as for its tradition and its connections and its roots in the foundations of both the church and all of its students. So it's really, really sickening to see that they hit it for so long. They included nobody that they should have, um, and they didn't even include the bishop either. I mean, this is just a really, really weird authoritarian kind of leadership, and it's it's really sickening, although we did win and we did get the policy reversed. I mean, the war is not over because we still have these people in our leadership so it's it's very very interesting
1: and that would be my follow-up question would be okay what happens now they received the pushback they lost money oopsie i guess we you know we were we pushed a little bit too far but they they make these grandiose statements now oh we underestimated oh this oh that and they also said i think this is from your president of the college that they're going to revisit i'm paraphrasing but revisit the catholicism of saint mary's well duh, I mean, you're a Catholic college, but what's happening with that? I mean, I know we have the holidays and whatnot, but are there efforts right now, and how are you two amazing young women going to be among those making sure that they actually practice what they preach in their statements? Macy, I'll go to you first.
6: Yeah, so um, that apology email was pretty, uh, pretty weak because they literally said in there that, you know, although we're reversing this now, we hope to implement it further with, you know, further education of our St. Mary's community. So they're going to try to coerce us. They're going to try to brainwash us. Um So yes, although the policy is reversed, the war is not over all, you know, we're only going to increase our efforts from here Um because there's a lot of work to do at St. Mary's. I mean, we really need to keep working to restore the foundations that the school is built on, Um and we're going to have to keep working to make sure we stand up for the church and also real women everywhere.
1: Yeah. So, Claire, what are there any meetings? Are there any panels put together? What's what's been happening since uh, since they the, they rescinded that decision to allow uh, anyone identifying as as a female to come to college?
7: Um, in in terms of uh, current meetings being scheduled for this policy, I'm not really sure of that. However, I do know that these you know, meetings of restoring their Catholic identity is just code word for indoctrination. Uh-huh. And um, this is not a surprise to any of us. I think that with all of this being said, it's important that, you know, students like Macy and I and our big group of 70 girls get together and we push back against all of these anti-Catholic, anti-women policies because, you know, the only thing that they've given us what we wanted to is their response of uh, the, the anti um, St. Mary's media that's been going around. So I mm-hmm. think that if we, as long as we keep the pressure on them, we should be hopefully okay.
3: Would
1: you like to see, and Claire, I'll go back to you, uh, more uh, structural instruction on the Catholic faith in the school. Has that been lacking? What do you think is needed in terms of helping people understand the beauty and the dignity of the human person, male and female?
7: Yeah, I think we really need to go back to our foundations. I mean, I, I remember walking into St. Mary's on the first day of school. We sat down and the professor asked us to go around our room and ask what our, or, and, and to say what our pronouns were. And I remember being in a state of shock because, you know, I attend an all women's college. So why don't we all have the same pronouns? Um, so I think that St. Mary's really needs to focus on going back to their foundations and their Catholic roots. And I think this can be done with, um, having strong communication with the bishop, mm-hmm. um, because he's already proven to be on our side, which we are so believe, unbelievably grateful for. Um, but yeah, the, the foundational um, ideologies really need
1: to be strengthened. In. And Macy, I'm hoping that you utilize the, your, your media on campus as well as the media in that area of northern Indiana and to keep this story alive because you need to have panel discussions, hold to have a press conference. Give an update. You have to keep it out there because people. Otherwise, they're going to. You know, this is a. a you know, someone who's been doing this for a long time. Uh, they're going to push it under the rug, and the media are going to forget about it. They're going to move on to the next big story. So, are you planning any any editorials, any any publicity, any events right now?
6: Yes, I mean, I'm not going to get too into specifics. I don't spoil any of our surprises. But we definitely are working to keep this uh, to keep this up because, I mean, like we said, I mean, this has been. A huge effort of people all across the nation, and we got to keep it going. Especially since, like we said, I mean, they're not done with this policy. They're going to keep trying to both this policy and other pretty right. bad ones in the future. I definitely see that coming. So, I mean, we got to keep up our efforts, and I know we have so many people watching and so many people counting on us. Um, so, again, although we won this battle, I mean, this war is not over. This literally yeah. could be, you know, another few years of a journey. Um, so, we just got we got to keep it up, and we know that. Um, you know, this this fight's going to have to keep going, which it's been pretty exhausting. But, I mean, I can assure everyone listening that uh, Claire and I are more than willing to do this. I mean, we're, um, you know, we're not going to stop fighting for truth and faith. And, you know, no, you know, please don't. You're a great so example Mary's and you're a
1: light for us right now. Before we we have about a minute left, I have to know this is the Inquiring Minds reporter in me. Macy, what are you studying? And Claire, what are you studying? Macy, go ahead.
6: Yeah, I'm actually studying uh, political science and economics. I'm hoping Good for to go,
1: you. Uh, Run for office, please. Yes,
6: I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping to go into um,
1: constitutional and conservative law one day. You go, girl. Claire, how about you? I'm actually studying
7: business and marketing with a minor in Spanish, so not quite the same path, but hopefully taking that in the direction
1: of politics. Oh, yeah, but you can use that marketing degree, sister, for a lot, right? <laughs>
2: Listen, Absolutely. you guys are
1: amazing. God bless you both. And thanks to the alumni, too, because the alumni actually originally contacted us. So it's the alums, it's the students, are all working together. And thanks to Bishop Rhodes for continuing his, his strong stance of upholding the Catholic faith, because that surely made a difference. Macy Canal and Claire Batag from St. Mary's College in Indiana. Their efforts and the efforts of others in the school and graduates and across the country made a difference, and St. Mary's College rescinded their woke policy of allowing anyone identifying as a woman to attend and we'll be checking in with these amazing young women a few months down the road to see how their battle for truth and the faith is going we'll be right back when the need for senior
6: care arises home is where the heart is visiting angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day including personal care meals and light housework you may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care.
3: Maybe you've
4: been hearing a lot about the need to make a spiritual communion while participating from home in a live streamed or broadcast mass. Maybe you've even prayed the prayer of spiritual communion. Spiritual Communion is a concept that goes all the way back to the 4th century. It flourished in the Eastern Church and gradually moved west. Spiritual Communion stresses the transcendence of God, where we unite our desires, intentions, and loves with the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the consecration of the Eucharist at the altar. Jesus, I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you. Light
2: of the East, weekends on Ave Maria Radio. I am Father
0: Thomas Loya. This week on Ave Maria As though being born and laid in a manger in Bethlehem was not humbling enough, our Lord chose to lower Himself in the lowest spot on the earth's surface, the River Jordan. There He would be baptized for our sake, and God as Trinity would be revealed.
3: Now
4: on Ave Maria Radio's newest FM stations, 105.5 FM in Southfield and 107.9 FM in Ann Arbor. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot?
1: forgot to mention during the interview with those dynamic young women from St. Mary's that there is a Facebook page if you'd like to keep up with the story and support them, Concerned Supporters of St. Mary's College. Concerned Supporters of St. Mary's College. Tomorrow we have the amazing Doug Keck with us for our Inside Word Edition, letting us know what's coming up, including the great coverage they'll provide for the March for Life next week. And then we're going to check in with our friends at Ave Maria University, an amazing opportunity for a special adoration event, and effort that can spread, God willing, around the country. Talk to you tomorrow on Domani.
0: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.